Have you ever been in that place where you just, there was so much going on and it felt like you were so heavy and that you just didn't seem like you would be able to continue, continue to press on and somehow God's word strengthens you. Many of us as believers have been in that exact situation. That's why we should have gratitude for the word. Let's listen as Pastor Martin explains in this continuing series. Today we're looking at Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the primary thing throughout Psalm 119 is the Word of God. It states in Scripture over and over, it speaks of Scripture over and over throughout Psalm 119. As you go through, you'll see the reference to God's Word, His precepts, His principles, His commands. Now, the psalm is unique, though, because it is actually a unique work of literature because it is a, it is, there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and each one throughout the psalm, there are, there are sections that are, that are broken up into eight verses. And as you go through, each one of those represent one of those words of the alphabet, letters of the alphabet. And each sentence begins with that letter. So it is a unique book in and of itself. But what we think that that's unique, I say would be a tremendous blessing because it lifts up God's word like no other book of the Bible. Because even as we look at our text today, the psalmist speaks of how God's word is sweet even to his taste. Now, here's something that, that, that's important. Because as we look into our text today, as we, as we examine this today, there are some things that we want to draw out that I hope will help us to leave here grateful or with a new, renewed sense of gratefulness for God's word. Now, the Messerites were a, a group of Jewish scribe scholars that, that, that operated from or functioned most between the 5th and the 10th century. And one of the things that they did, they said that the Word of God is mentioned in Psalm 119. They said it's mentioned so many times that it, it, it warrants us to stop and to take a look at the whole book, or the whole, uh, uh, whole book, and specifically the entire Psalm 119 before we get into our text. Now, the last thing that I'll say before we get into this is that if the Word of God is lifted up in such a way in the longest book of the Bible, and it happens to fall in the longest chapter of the Bible, I think we ought to recognize that there is some significance that's being emphasized about God's Word. Amen? So let's look here. When we think about the Word, so um, the Word of God, 
Now, when we start looking through here, you're going to see various different references. We know when we see the Word of God, when we see precepts, we see statutes, we see uh, his, pre his precepts, we see commands. And so I want to take some time and work through that so we all understand that each time that those are mentioned, we're talking about the same thing. Word. The word there speaks of the idea of the spoken word. So when we see the word translated in the text, it's the translated into our word, word, the word, your word, it's actually the idea of God's spoken word or God's revealed world, word to man. So that word that proceeded out of his mouth, Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And we've already dealt with this early on, and Pastor actually referenced it last week as well. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. Here's what it says there. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. But I want to add another. That's the New King James. I want to add another translation in there that says something that I think will help us today. And particularly with this word, when we see the word, the, your, your word in this, 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 this chapter. The, new, the, the, the NIV says, all scripture is God breathe and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. That it is God breathe, that each man that God used to author scripture, it is, it is though God himself was breathing through them that they might communicate his word to mankind. So we, again, we have multiple references. We have the word, your word, testimonies. Uh, we see commandments. We see your law. We see precepts. We see judgments and statutes. But we don't have statutes in this list particularly. So if you look at the text here that we've read so far, in verse number 97, we see, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Verse 98, you through your commandments... Make me wiser than mine enemies. Verse 99, we see, I have more understanding in all my teachers for your testimonies are my meditation. Verse 100 says, I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. Verse 101 says, I restrain my feet from every evil way that I might keep your word again. And then I have not departed from your judgments. There's another one. And then for yourself, for, uh, for you yourself have taught me, verse 103, how sweet are your words to my taste. So we see each, in, in, in each one of these, the reference is made to Scripture. Now, the challenge is it's not easy to distinguish between these because each one of these words are synonymous. And oftentimes when you go and you do a word search on them, you'll find that one of the others is actually listed or quoted in that definition. So it's not easy to, distinct, to be distinctive. However, we see examples of these being interchangeable in Deuteronomy chapter number six, verse 17. Here's what it says. 
you shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord. So we see commandments of the Lord, your God, his testimonies and his statutes, which he has commanded. So we see those three there that there's a reference to each one, but we understand he's still talking about God's word to his people. Now, I want to break this down just a little bit further. So when we see testimony, testimony speaks of witness. In particular, the reference, because specifically in this particular case, it's a reference to the written word, which we would reference back to the Ten Commandments, where God inscripted these Ten Commandments. So when we see the testimonies of God, the, the Ten Commandments, the, those tablets were intended to be a testimony of what God intended and desired for mankind. They were, they were there to exist, that it would always testify to what God had said. Then we see commandments. The word there, the emphasis is on the straight authority, the, the authority of God to actually speak it, to the right that is given to order these things or to speak of these things. Now, here's the thing about God's commandments. They can actually be prescriptions are proscriptions. There's a difference. So if you're mispronouncing when you go to the doctor and he gives you a prescription, and you say a proscription, there's a difference. Prescription gives you instructions to follow. That's what you get at the doctor. Take two of these, call me in the morning. A proscription actually forbids you from doing something. That's what we see the thou shall not. So the commandments of God are either prescriptions or proscriptions. Then we see the law. This signifies primarily the direction or the teaching or the instruction. The law of God is that which points out or indicates God's will to man. So when we see the law, here is what God has willed. Here's what God has desired. This is what God has intended. This is what God is expecting. Then we see judgments. The judgment speaks of the verdict being pronounced, a judicial process, a sentencing or, or a formal decree. The judge has heard and has pronounced that this is so. And then we see the precepts. Under precepts, we, we understand the mandate, that there's a mandate that God has made. This word is drawn from the sphere of an officer or an overseer. So the word points to the particular instructions of the Lord as one who cares about the details. That he's given spe specific instruction that help us to understand, but it's coming from someone who is thoughtfully considered and then declared. And then we see statutes. The noun here is derived from the root word that means to engrave or to inscribe. The idea uh, is, is the written word of God. His statutes are that which he has written down, the things he's recorded that we might be able to understand. We may be able to grasp these things from generation to generation. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you eight reasons today why we should be grateful. Now, I want you to understand that that doesn't mean that it's going to be a marathon sermon. I'm just saying that I'm going to give you eight reasons. And you grab the one, 
is like a buffet. Grab the one that speaks to you. Amen? Eight reasons why we should be grateful. Reason number one, the word of God strengthens us. If you would turn, we're still in Psalm 119, turn over to verse 28. Psalm 119, verse 28. Here's what he says. My soul melts from heaviness, but Lord, strengthen me according to your word. I don't know about you. Have you ever been in that place where you just, there was so much going on and it felt like you were so heavy and that you just didn't seem like you would be able to continue, continue to press on and somehow God's word strengthens you. Reason one, number one, God's word strengthens us. Here's another one. Reason number two, God's word is the basis for our understanding of God's saving mercy and how we're able to trust in him. Still in Psalm 119, let's go down to verse 41 and 42. Psalm 119, verse 41, 42. Reason number two is that this is the very basis of our understanding that God is a God who saves. Here's what it says. Let your mercies, God, because if, if, if we're honest today, we wouldn't be saved today if God hadn't shown us mercy. So, it, so he says, let your mercies come also to me, O Lord, your say, and, and your saving according to your word. Verse 42, so shall I have an answer for those who reproach me for I trust in your word. Watch this. There's some people that would say of you because they know what you used to be, you shouldn't be saved. That old rascal. She should not be. But according to God's word, because of his mercy, we are here today able to say thanks be to God. Who has saved me. And watch this. And because of his word, we can trust that. You can take it to the bank. See, we're, we're, we're anticipating Christ's return that he's going to take us back to be with him. Why? Because of what he said. And his word is sure. Reason number three. God's word, we should be grateful for it because it brings us hope. Slide down to verse 74. Verse 74 says it this way. It says, those who fear you will be glad when they see me. Why? Because I'm trusting and I'm hoping in your word. See, there's something about when you have God's word in you and you're hoping in that and all hell can be broken out in your life, but you're still standing there. Still pressing on. Sister Sharita said, my husband is in the ER, but I'm here leading worship. Why? Because I'm hoping in the God who keeps. Amen. So God's word brings hope. But I got to bring this one in. This is one of my favorite verses. This is, this is Romans chapter 15, verses number four. Just write that down. You don't have to turn there because everything else is here in Psalm 119. But look what this says. For whatsoever things were written before, and the King James is written a four time, were written for our learning. 
that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. See, that's what we have to learn when it comes to God's word bringing us hope. Sometimes you got to first get patient and trusting that God would be sure to his word because he promised that his word would not return to him void. But we, if we're honest, we'll say that sometimes when we're going through, it's hard to open your Bible. Your devotionals break down. You can go two or three days and you hadn't gotten your devotion in. You hadn't spent time reading. But what Paul says, he says, but we through patience and comfort. So here's the thing, what I'm going through, my answer shouldn't be that I can't hardly get into the word. My answer should be, I can't stay out of my word. Because if my hope is gonna come through his word, I gotta get some hope. When I feel hopeless, I gotta get me some hope. I, I don't know Holy Spirit, show me what I need to read today. Help me with this because I need hope today. We through patience, and comfort of the scriptures, have hope. Reason number four, the word of God we should be grateful for because it's a sure foundation. It's a sure foundation. Slide down to verses 89 and 90. Here's what it says. It says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your word is, has been settled in eternity. Verse 90, your faithfulness endures to all generation. You have established the earth and it abides. And listen, we can look and see how the earth continues to function and sustained because God spoke it says, in this very word. You have done. Here's another reader. Slide, this, slide down to verse 160 to see this foundation that we're standing on. The entirety of your word. We, were all, we, 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 we quoted uh, Paul earlier to Timothy, which is all scripture. Here the psalmist says, the entirety of your word and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. It's a sure foundation. Here's one more. Reason number five. We should be grateful for God's word because it provides guidance and direction. Because here's the thing. In a world where there's all types of messages being sent forth to affect what you think, what you believe, and how you conduct and live life. Thank God that God has given his word to give us instruction and guidance. Because if you just spend one evening watching the six o'clock news, and Lord forbid you go into that extra hour afterward. You will find that you have been bombarded with so many messages, not only in the newscast, but in the commercials in between. 
little hints of things that are against Scripture. However, the Word of God gives us direction. The psalmist said in 105, with 119 verse 105, he says this, Your Word is a lamp to my feet, and it's a light unto my path that even when things seem dark, see, when, when we were going through that time of, of, of not knowing what's going on with my daughter, your word is a light because it was dark. At night laying down and I'd hear my wife getting up and walking through the night to go look in on her, checking in to see is anything going on. We would lay there listening to see, are we hearing anything rustling in her room? But the Word of God was a light in that dark time where we didn't know what was going on. It says, your Word is a light, a lamp to my feet, and a light to my path. Verse 133 says this, direct my steps by your Word. Lord, if I don't have your Word, I might get out here and start believing some of this stuff that ain't got nothing to do with righteousness. Boy, I might get out here and I'm running off into something, some strange or odd doctrine. But because I have your word, you can direct my steps. There's a, there's a popular game. I, well, I don't know if it's still popular. Um, I just saw it in, um, in the store, so I don't know if it's still popular, but it's... Um, gestures. So the game is that you're going you're gonna to try to act out. You, you, you're gonna, the person is going to look and see what's there, and then you're going to try to convey it to them through a series of gestures. Now, the instruction there is that you can't get outside of these parameters. You can't speak. You can gesture all you want, but you can't speak. You can't, you can't coerce with words or sounds. You must just gesture. See, the thing about the Word of God is that it helps to put the parameters around the game of life so that as you are, yeah, you may get all kind of things going on trying to convey, but you got to stay in the guardrails. Your life might be different. You might say it different. You might do it different, but no matter what, you got to stay within the guardrails. So God's Word helps to direct our steps. Let no iniquity have dominion over me. Why? Because I have your Word that I'm trusting in. Reason number six, I'm almost done. If you're counting, you know, there's just two more after six, Amen. And I still got several more minutes in the sermon time. Because y'all got kind of quiet when I said eight. Oh, Lord. If he's going to explain all eight, well, we'll be here till uh, Thanksgiving. But I'm almost done. Reason number six. We should be grateful for God's word because it brings understanding. It brings understanding. Slide down to verse 169. 169 says, let my cry come before you, O Lord. And here's what it says. Give me understanding 
according to your word. That when I think about all the confusion, I have your word that I can go get an understanding. That I don't have to be out here confused and, and, and swayed back and forth and being swayed by every wind of thing that comes forth. Because people of God, let me say this. We have to be even more concerned about having sound teaching and doctrine because Paul said in these last days, there will be doctrines of demons that will deceive many. Literal doctrines, teachings, whole systems of belief that were birthed out of a demon. Guided by. So we have to understand that God's word helps to bring us understanding. Number seven. Reason seven. Slide down to verse 165. It says, great peace. Here it is. Have those who love your law. See, we often sing about how others may wonder how we're able to make it and we go through things. One of the best moments I had, I called Sister Coleman, this is some months back, and had learned of a loss in her family, was calling and reaching out to her to just try to encourage her. And she says, you know, Pastor Martin, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. But, you know, all I have is to trust in God. Yes, it hurts me right now, but I, right now I'm trusting in what God has promised, and that's bringing me peace. Here's what it says. Great peace have those who love your law. And nothing causes them to stumble. John chapter 14, verse 27 said it this way. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. See, God's word helps to bring that sense of peace. Here's one last one. We should be grateful for God's word because it brings joy. It brings joy. Look at this. Slide down to verses 161 and 162. It says, princes and great people persecute me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of your word. Verse 162, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. Slide up to verses 49 and 50. Here's something that I want you to take with you today. As we're talking about being grateful for God's word, these two verses, I would admonish you to rehearse them into your hearing until you have learned them to the point you can quote them without looking. Look what it says. Remember your word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. 
This is my comfort in my affliction, for your word gives me life. That when I go through difficult times, I can be assured that you've given me your word. And I'm saying, God, just remember your word. I know you won't forget it, but I'm just, because you've given it to me and you've caused me to hope in your word, remember your word to your servant when I need you to be the friend that sticks closer to God than a brother. Remember your word. Remember your word when you say, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadows of death, you don't have to fear because I'll be with you. My rod and my staff will comfort you. Goodness and mercy shall follow you all the day. Remember your word because you've caused me to hope on that. When it seems like the economy is all a mess and prices are going up, gas is going up, rent's going up, mortgages is going up, taxes is going up, everything's going up. Remember your word when you said, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. Remember your word, God. That wraps up another awesome word. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist in any way, Please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, be blessed.